Well, folks, I'm a big proponent, as I'm sure many of you know, for the wrestling variety show. You know, you need some some uh, some classical pro wrestling in there. You need some hot action, some great athleticism. You need a couple big lads throwing chops, maybe a few veterans along the way, some prospects for tomorrow, some familiar faces of yesteryear. All of the above is necessary when producing a, um, a great professional wrestling event. But there is one ingredient that so often nowadays is forgotten. More and more as these promotions are booked by, you know, uh, forum personalities and online takesmen, we lose sight of perhaps the greatest ingredient of all. The kind of ingredient that once upon a time World Championship Wrestling was the experts in, which is the art of so bad it's good. AEW very rarely ventures in this direction. Tonight, not only did they venture, they mastered. As we close this show with one of the funniest post-match angles ever. <laughs> Incredible stuff. Can't possibly be mad at it because it made me laugh so much. Show was great. We're going to get into it here. Folks, this is the AEW Dynamite Review for April 13th. Um, we are fresh off an over overrun, in, you know, inclusive Dynamite, which, boy, it was an overrun. It's one we'll remember forever. Now I see why you guys were saying about the big angle. You were right. I was wrong. Um, this was fucking hilarious. I don't actually even want to go. Let's do piece by piece, but it feels like it feels like everyone needs to just kind of express express where we're at on that close because that was incredible stuff. Uh, we do have a super grim. Ursi Eighteen says, "I hear the Oracle is going to hate this shit, <laughs> but I'm literally pumping my fists at this like five minute long striking match. I love all you grinners. We love you too, pal. Thanks for the super grin. You can do the same. Streamlabs.com/slash late night grin." Um. Yeah, so let's just here's what we're gonna do. Let's start where we finished, where the show finished, and then we'll just talk broadly. Okay, kind of how we do on the preview show. I'll let you guys guide me after we get through this first stretch. I was concerned after how much had happened before that Joe and Suzuki were going to struggle with the fact that the audience wouldn't be quite as hot as they would have been an hour and a half earlier because they had seen so much. I mean, the tag match that, that preceded them was extraordinary. Um, luckily, their plan was to do just, you know, kick the shit out of each other immediately. Joe was red raw from those chops. Oh, my God. He was just, chest was blistered. Um And from there, it was like they were, we were playing, kind of playing with house money. The rest of the stuff was like them just doing shit, and that's fine because <laughs> their physicality was so incredible that you had to love it. I thought Joe and Suzuki way over delivered. Uh, I was very relieved at how good it was. I think it's pretty clear that my guy, my guy Joe, has got some. He's got some. Uh, he's got a lot left, left left in the tank. So you know, remember this is his first real match or his second real match in the last two years. So you know. Like I think the idea that he was he had nothing left at all, I think is is kind of not a race, but I think definitely those doubts should be silenced for a moment here. Um, but I understand that the chat is mostly looking elsewhere, and I I get it, I do. I want to quickly point out Joe's comment here. This is absolutely true. The the fire was palpable from Joe. He's so clearly motivated to make this run a fitting kind of conclusion to his, or a final great, you know, final act to his career. And he's clearly fired up. And, you know, if you know anything about him, it's not a surprise that he was excited to rest with Suzuki. I thought they really did. I thought they killed it. I thought it was so much better than I expected. Honestly, and I'm not, I thought they would do the strike stuff at a way slower pace and kind of, play off of um, 
you know, the the uh, presence and charisma of both guys, the kind of overness, the mystique, all that good stuff. I mean, they kind of did that eventually, but the first act, they were just beating the shit out of each other. I mean, they were... I mean, Joe's shops didn't make the same sound, but you could see Suzuki's chest. <laughs> they were landing too. Um, they killed it. Suzuki has been so great in AEW. The Suzuki incident is a whole meme. Um, but, yeah, he's... Uh, He's he's been tremendous. His presence is always appreciated. Hope my connection holds up here, folks. I don't know why it's been weird today, but hopefully I'm coming through okay. Um, this is a good point. Five percent of the tips goes to Bobby O'Neill. The rest goes to the other four members of the world famous Late Night Grin. Bobby appreciates it very much. Okay, then we get to the. Uh, so the thing that most of the chat is still reacting to, which is hilarious. And I get it. I do understand it. So when this was announced last as the main event, it's kind of like, hmm, that does feel like there's an angle coming there, right? And there's one particular free agent who's out there who changed his social media handle. And people, I think, assumed it was going to be Claudio. Um, that was the only one that I think made sense in that position, which is, you know, they didn't advertise this. I'm just trying to kind of capture what people... I haven't got any new ones, I don't think. H, I'm not sure. It's saying the last one was two, was uh, before the show started, so it may be a lag on my end, brother. If you've sent them, I apologise. I just haven't got them yet. Um, so it felt like there was going to be an angle of some kind, or some kind of surprise. And then with the setup, it was like it felt obvious almost there was going to be one, right? Lethal and Sanjay are doing, you know, like, they're getting some heat. And it's like, oh, maybe they'll put the boots to Joe and then Joe will get some some backup here. You're going to go after you have a big save with a new, you know, a new arrival, whatever it may be. I don't know. So they do the thing and it flips him off and the lights go out. And it's like, I don't know if um, this is just me. Maybe you guys can, can co-sign. But it felt like the lights were out for a really long time. <laughs> Which made it even funnier because, like, I was with my brother and like, <laughs> I was like, I think I know who it's going to be, man. I was like, I'm not going to say it, though. I don't want to spoil it. Like, we had a whole conversation. The lights were still out. and They came back on and there was Satnam Singh, bless his heart. Very big guy. Certainly impressive visually. But, like, why would you do the lights out for Satnam Singh, you know? Fascinating choice. Like, you should do the lights out for people they are going to go crazy for, not just... <laughs> He could have debuted. If ever there was a guy that you could just debut like abruptly, this was it because you need to get him over. This is why I genuinely, I think he needed it getting in the ring and you know. But um, if ever there was a guy you could just debut abruptly, this was him, right? It wasn't someone with any kind of previous wrestling note, right? And then the fucking announce team was incredible on this. Shivani went with like, like it was like who is this guy and Shivani goes <laughs> Shivani does the fucking I know exactly who that is <laughs> Satnam Singh and I think Scallop was the one that said ah the basketball player amazing incredible incredible stuff um something dynamite was it the one about um about Oracle hating this. I, I read that at the start, but you may have missed it. That's the only one I got during Dynamite, brother. Sometimes maybe it glitches, I don't know, but I apologize if we missed it. Um, yeah, it was... Okay, whoever it was that said the basketball player was hilarious. He was way bigger than... than, than poor Sam Joe, who was sweating profusely, and he was towering over him. He's a seven-foot-tall guy. So, like, I get it. I understand it. It's just doing it that way is is um, is hilarious. This is a good call. Him walking through the crowd would have worked. Um, I get why. All good, brother. I read it out. Thank you for the super green. Um, I get why this is worth critique and analysis. I really do. But I laugh too much. I can't. I'm sorry. I thought it was very, very funny. It, it, bizarre decision. 
filled with strange choices, but very, very funny nonetheless. Um, what a faction, huh? Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh. Man. Dangerous Alliance has got some competition. But nonetheless, Giant Suzuki was great. Absolutely loved it. And it was not the only great match on tonight's show or enjoyable match on tonight's show. With that in mind, yeah, the head squeeze. Oh, my God. It was... um. The, the only thing that was missing, and it definitely had some WCW, I agree with the Nitro being there, but it also, when Joe was like selling in the ring and he came behind for the head squeeze, big like Saturday night's main event angle, you know? Like all it was missing was like Jesse and Vince Jr. To, you know, selling it, talking about the size of the man. It was hilarious. I hope Joe isn't going to have to wrestle Saturday night's thing. That'd probably be bad. But... Nonetheless, um, I would like to, chat, if you would indulge me here, I would like you to list your favourite match of tonight's show. Um, I'm really intrigued by the answers here. So I, I would like to know, folks, your, your favourite match of tonight's show. In the meantime, I'll read a super grin. Fred says... Respectful blessedness with a double dynamite grin today. Only the first of three great fleet nights to fill up the holiday weekend, folks. Disregard the ending and stay blessed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anyone that's, like, pretending the show's bad because the ending sucked is silly. It was an unforced error. It was it was dumb, but the show was great. I think everyone agrees with that. There you go. Definitely some ham hawk talk. There you go. Um... Yeah, okay, favorite match, Joe Suzuki, Penta Punk, the Swerve, um, Keith Lee Team Taz match. I'm looking here, tag title match, four answers here have come up. Yeah. Well, there you go, that's interesting. All right, this this goes to the top now and kind of go through this more traditionally, folks. I'll try and take your questions along the way, but I have got some some relative notes. I kind of assumed they would open up with Punk and Penta because there's nothing better than starting this show with cold personality, right? It's red hot. The crowd always reacts. Always will. Confirm Shoot is currently sending me fake Tony Khan accounts that he believes to be real. Folks, you, you guys claimed he was the babyface this program earlier. You get what you get. Um, nonetheless, Crowd was red hot for this. They did like the babyface standoff to start with, the big chops, which is hilarious because of where we ended up. And I didn't even think about it at the time because so much happened in between that, you know, you get what you get. Um, Punk's like selling of the chops. And I'm sure a lot of it was an absolute fucking shoot because of how hard dude is. <laughs> he was doing like the Jake Roberts, like stagger, you know, swinging in the wind chop. Sell, it was great. Uh, the crowd was trading chance, which was, you know, a great indication of just how. Over Penta still is. Very, very scary moment of the, you know, when uh, Punk tried to give me off the top rope. I thought he was legitimately hurt there for a moment. I hope he's good. That was frightening. I saw some people saying that maybe it was an intentional fuck up, but like, I don't know, man. That would be an interesting choice. That, that looked, that looked rough. I get why, because he's so smart that he just sold it immediately, but I don't know. Um, that kind of, Threw them off for a moment, but they, because Punk just sold and adjusted, it was they were absolutely fine. Not only did they get back on track, they actually reached new heights with the thing. I thought in the end made it a really good match. Um, a great example of something I talked about a long time ago, and by a long time ago, about three months ago, about how you can use the rankings to do some really cool matchmaking without having any kind of context or story. The story here is just is two top contenders. That's fine. That's what this roster is should benefit from. You know, like some of these guys are better just doing these kind of matches. Punk obviously isn't, but in this case, Penta, I think, benefited from this. And um, yeah, I, I thought this was great. I think that uh, I think this is something they can explore more as a kind of template for a hot opening match. Obviously, I get you can't do it over and over, but you know, for what they're doing right now with Punk climbing the rankings, I think it made sense. 
Crowd loved it. I liked it very much. Big thumbs up on Punk versus Penta. Um, I think the answer to this, Frank, about who's left to beat for Punk to beat in the top five is whoever they next insert into the top five. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is what I think. I think you're correct. I think it was a, an actual botch that then Punk realised the, the way to use that is this actually convinced people I'm fucked up and sell it for the rest of the match. Because, you know, that's that's the best way to to adapt, right? Um, he was he was fine, I'm pretty sure. But. AEW Twitter is calling what happened in this overrun a despicable scene. Oh, my God. I don't know, man. It was too old school wrestling for me. I really hate it. It kind of popped me. I'm not going to lie. All right. There was this hilarious skit with the Jericho Appreciation Society in which um, they got off the jet and fucking King was had stolen 2.0 shoes and they drove off and it was it was um, it was the kind of thing that was borderline like too far for the Eddie Kingston Santana and Ortiz characters in terms of being goofy, but they're just so you know. It's, their personalities are such, they can always pull this stuff off. You, the guys like this have much longer leashes. They can do Jericho's horseshit sometimes about hurting themselves. It actually pops you. Um, there's a later thing in terms of, like, Jericho Appreciation Society presentation that was incredible, which we'll get to when we get to that. Tag titles match. Now, some of you picked this as your favourite match of the night, as you did with the opener. Must say... The placement of this felt like a clue of sorts, didn't it? It felt like, um, you know, it felt this is awesome. King was on the AEW Twitch channel earlier saying, I have to leave because I know when Chris's jet is landing, that rules. Placement felt like a clue here. As soon as this was positioned this way, I was kind of like, hmm, I don't think we're going to title change here, which is fine. I, I wasn't connect. I wasn't kind of locked in on that. As you guys know, I think I'm pretty neutral. I just I kind of assumed because the guy the guys on the the world famous late night grid as usual led me in the wrong direction. I was I think they made a good point about the M Cole thing. I just uh, I thought this was telling. Nothing wrong with that. I thought the match well over exceed uh, well exceeded expectations. Well over delivered. Um, you know they they got a little heat on Luchasaurus who was over huge again by the way, but ultimately they ended up exactly where we expected. Right, heat on Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus hot tag. And they went into this amazing finishing stretch where, like, look, man, that stuff's sometimes challenging, I find, for Bobby Fish, because not because of the age thing that Bob jokes about every week. Bob meaning Bob O'Neill. Not Bob Fish himself, but that'd be very funny. I thought he was pretty admirable in terms of adjusting style to this, because this isn't really his song and dance, this kind of, this kind of, this kind of up and down, fucking sequence-heavy shit. Like, this is challenging for you. There was a hilarious... He's Avalanche uh, Falcon Arrow deal where he just kind of flung himself where I land, I land. Um, everyone just works so hard. And I know that is like a cliche way of being polite about stuff that actually sucked. I couldn't mean it more sincerely in this case. This promotion's biggest plus right now. And we talked about it with Joe. I just said about the old Bob Fish. There's a million and one examples. Everyone is just busting their ass out, man. It's like... I don't. I can't have a good. I don't have a good comp in terms of how how much effort guys put into the the actual ideas of their match and the execution. It really is um, striking. The the finish. I saw them were saying it was a little flat. I get. It. I think it was time to go home. I think they'd done everything they could, but I get that you maybe could have led into it better. Um, you know, in a way that made it more kind of sudden rather than as the blunt as it was. But I thought it was good for the champs to win that way. Honestly, the champs have really look. The Luchasaurus thing has become like a meme on this show. And I think most folks that watch know that like it's kind of an Oracle-led bit. I don't think he's like, you know, I get most of what Oracle Sam. I don't really have a great passionate feeling about it. I will say all of their title matches have hit. So credit to them on that front. On that front. Hit is honestly an understatement. With this probably being the strongest two-on-two -two match they've done. And... uh yeah, man, I, I don't know where they're going with the belts. Maybe we've got a clue post-match, but before I, I uh, get to that, I'm going to blow my nose here in a second. I'm intrigued. I agree with you, Jason. Definitively enough, it was necessary. Folks, I'm intrigued. Put in the chat who you think the next tag champs will be. In the meantime, I'm going to blow my nose. 
because I still feel like shit. Okay, leave the next tag champs in your opinion in the chat. <laughs> Maybe even with when you think they'll win them. Go ahead. Okay. What we got here? I have an ad says, I really wish this show wasn't so packed because some of the promos needed to be longer. Honestly, I would like to hear FTR 2 if they came out. I would like to hear Jade too. I don't disagree, but I honestly think that that's more a case of like, I think you could have even tightened up some of the some of the matches, you know? But I get you. It's the same thought process, just, you know, different reasoning. Same conclusion, different reason. Um, okay, FTR is the consensus, which is what I assumed, but... The baby faces keeping them here kind of kind of made me question that a little bit. Because I agree with this. Like, I can't see them going baby faces to baby faces to another baby face team. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued. So anyway, speaking of FTR, they came out after and like, brother. Bob Fish pointed. Fucking Dax slapped dude's hand out of the way. And then... Bob was like, well, shit, I'm not going to just let you slap my hand like I'm some kind of coward. Pie-faced Dax. Dax fucking pushed him. Camera just cut away. Like, that, that was uh, that was a live angle taking place. The way wrestling should be, folks. Yeah, Mox Danielson definitely feels like they're in play here, I think. There's some Young Bucks talk. Hookhausen. That'd be a, that'd be a fascinating episode of The Grin. Yeah, it was. I liked FTR Red Dragon and NXT a lot. Yeah, it, nonetheless, this tag match was tremendous, much better than I expected. Um, again, another hit on a show kind of filled with them. So there you go. The Blackpool Combat Club did a promo. They are wrestling the Gun Club on Friday, which is hilarious. Uh, shoot immediately takes me a dream match in all caps. A text, which is filth. Regal, man. Whew. Regal's, he's swinging for the fences on this stuff, you know. God bless him. He's 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 going for it, man. He ain't going to leave anything to chance, you know. It was something. I love the promo. Love this act. The match itself is hilarious. Incredible choice. Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm. People are so fired up, they're going to wrestle in the first round. Tony did not talk in this promo. Make of that what you will. I like that they're giving this matchup some kind of some heat and you're making it feel like a big deal. Um, Jamie was good here. I hope, I hope the match is, uh, I hope the match delivers. I think it has a pretty good chance. I think stylistically there'll be a, a pretty good fit. And hopefully the real key is that Tony... Um, you know, being being fresh and kind of, you know, people reacted to her the first time around, right? Like, hopefully, by the time this match comes around, the audience will actually be into it. Um, <laughs> come on, man, bro. You know, I feel like shit. There's no need. There's no need lashing out, man. People just, you know, friends, allies, lashing out. Okay. Yeah, that was definitely a standout shame for Jamie on the microphone. Hopefully we get more more of those. Okay. MJF, Sean Dean. Everyone knew this was an angle more than a match, right? But my God. You sure? This stuff is so effective, man. It's just getting over huge. And what's interesting about it is there's this perception that, like, the AEW audience is, like, very one... Like, they like one thing, right? Like, they want to see, like, four-star matches. And if you can't give them four-star matches, you can get off the show. And it's like, I don't know. I'm not an expert. My guess is that other than his very first match with Codeman, the, uh, the the cage match, I don't know how many matches of Wardlow's will be considered great. And he is genuinely one of the most over guys on the whole show. And like it's just an, it's a it is an indication of where this audience is at. Um, this is simple, old school pro wrestling with a big powerhouse, awesome guy kicking the shit out of people. 
And it's getting over huge. The execution here was great. They did the same thing where there was like a crime scene backstage. Um, it like a, you know, like Michael Myers had swept through. And MJF gets out of the ring, backs in the Rowling, and Wardlow. Like everyone, the, the way they shot it was perfect because the hot, everyone watching at home immediately knew, right? But it fucking was perfect. He was dressed as security. He came in, and then and then um, a really creative way to keep this different each week. Last week you had the thing where he cost um, where he cost Spears, and here that moment when you know you finally kind of set when you realize what's going on. It's like oh shit, MJ's going to lose by counter. It was great. I was really creative, and it was a different way of doing it. This whole angle has been a home run so far. I've said to you guys before that I had some doubts about Wardlow, like, once you do the angle, right? So, like, you do all of this, then what? And, look, I'll be completely transparent. I still have some, but they're, they dwindle with each passing week. I mean, it is uh, it is wild how successful this has been. And again, you know, we're in the middle of it, right? But they've committed a lot of time and it's it's just clicking right now. This whole thing was great. Um, and then obviously the, the follow-up post-match with Wardlow snatching the camera and kind of little promo down the line. I mean, it's just perfect. Absolutely nailing it. Uh, a big hit in kind of the creative range of this show, which is a necessary thing, I think. Matchmaking is great. You can pick names out of a hat on this roster. But these are the kind of stories that add some some depth and some versatility and some range to the show. So the Wardlow stuff continued to be a success. Okay. Darby Allen, little pre-tape here. He's going to wrestle Andrade in the coughing match next week. Um, that's a big one. I assume Derby wins, which is fine. That's the blow off, though, right? <laughs> that's that has to be that has to be the the final the final touch. This thing. I mean, I'm now actually glad it extended this far because I really want to see the coffin match. But like, that will I think that'll be okay. We can stop there. But I'm very excited for that. that's next week's show. So, uh, spooky Malachi Black did a promo about Fuego del Sol. That is hilarious. That was a real thing that happened here. Uh, other members of the House of Black were not there. Bob, when you see this, I want you to know that you've been fucking owned. And I'll leave it at that. This was spooky. Okay, the Inner Circle. Fuck, the Inner Circle. Jericho Appreciation Society versus Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. There is a new intro to the Judas theme song. And folks... It is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, this whole thing has got some just, just tremendous touches of creativity. And this made my favorite yet. This popped me in, and the delivery was was wonderful. Um, yes, I do remember that. Dex Harwood's a good friend of mine. Many Twitter interactions. Not really. I don't know how wrestlers, but you know. Um, there was some great moments here. One being Jim Ross seeing <laughs> seeing dude with the Oklahoma gear on and saying, wait a minute. <laughs> there was another that Sheik texted me while I was writing my notes, which was when he said, AWTix.com is the number. <laughs> um, tr absolutely tremendous. Uh, so the match, I thought it was really good. King loves the bit. It's like one of his favorite. He's doing it across the board right now. But the bit of him, like, just fuck the rules, and he just kept going around and fighting Garcia, which was hilarious. Um, and I like the way that Shivani kind of pointed out that it was hurting his team because he was so lost in it, in the emotion of it. And it led to them getting some heat on Ortiz. Um... Then we got to an Eddie hot tag, very brief one, where he immediately hands it back over to Santana. And like, look, man, I'll be honest, if you were agent in this match and trying to make the most of it from a crowd perspective, you probably would have built it more around Eddie. But 
I think Eddie's smart enough to know he doesn't need to be showcasing a six-man tag. Santana and Ortiz need that. That um, they need to be in there more than he does, quite frankly. And he generally does that. He did it in one of their six bands before. Um, the finish was another tremendous usage of, of Floyd, which pops me every time because Jericho's timing is always very funny. He seems to change his mind every week on when he should do that. Um, but it was a very, very good match. They did a post-match angle. And while I go and tend to my cold again, chat, I would like you to leave... Uh, your thoughts on who Eddie is going to get for backup. I'll give my own take in a moment. I'll be back in a second. Leave it in the chat, folks. I'm sorry, folks. I'm going to have to keep doing that. It's just it's easier than me. You know. Um, yeah, I think... So while, while, this, while this is figured out, I will... I'll kind of go through the post-match. It was so heat-heavy that I kind of was left, like, waiting for a babyface save. Um, it sure felt like, you know, like, if it wasn't obvious before, they were really making it, hitting you over the head with the idea of the numbers game, the numbers game. So something's happening here. There's a lot of Claudio talk. Kings of Wrestling, oh my god. Um, I actually don't have a pick, dude. I'm not gonna lie to you. Other than Satnam Singh, obviously. Gives them some size and you know, gives them some some good minutes at the five. Blocks some shots, rim run, you know. Um, lots of Claudio talk. I don't know if Hero's resting anytime soon, honestly. And I... All right, folks. I, you know, I could be wrong, but I just don't know. Yeah, I agree. Blackpool Combat Club feels like they're kind of out of the picture. Yeah, man, I'm fucked up, Dragon King. It's, it's like 4 a.m. Um... I don't think it will be low-key for a plethora of reasons. Yeah, I don't know. I know there's a lot of LAX to it. I saw Homicide was the, the main name I saw in the channel, so Claudio. And I think there's definitely something to that. I think Homicide is a lot more likely than than uh, than um, Hernandez is, honestly. Which I think makes sense both in context for Eddie, but also in the grander scheme of things. I I, I think, though, you're going to need, you know, Claudio is just it's interesting. I think doing this much heat makes it more likely that it could be Claudio because the idea would be that he saves them and they're, they're kind of the left-way options, you know? So, yeah, my, my, my assumption, my guess is that Shoot's read on this about a month ago will be correct. Um, and that we may get Claudio making a save and Santana and Ortiz kind of kind of forcing King's hand to take this guy's word. I think that would be a great story. It would also make Homicide a logical, you know, fifth because, you know, he has a link to all three of the other guys. So, Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. But it could not be. It could be guys on the roster. It's just hard to say right now. They're clearly getting someone, but we shall see. Okay. I will say that whenever it is, you know, it's got to be coming because you got to be careful with the heat stuff. you got to be very careful. We talked about this a lot with the elite. You just have to be careful not to overdo that stuff, you know? All right. The uh, Marina Shafir Sky Blue match was next. Sky got a pretty good reaction when they announced her name. And the commentary team was like very popular here in New Orleans. And I was like, what the fuck? Is the... They just say this every week to explain why she's popular. That's hilarious. Uh, Red Velvet and Kira Hogan were in the baddies section. And Jim Ross, in the most nervous, unconfident, uncertain fashion yet, just slowly muttered, they look nice. 
The announcers didn't know how to communicate any of this shit, man. They didn't know what, like, how, like, whether to just make it seem like this was a faction and they were with Jade or to, like, just not sell it at all. They didn't know what to make of it. They didn't know how to say it. The camera crew was cutting violently between Marina and the, the baddie section. Um, yeah. Production-wise, this was some choices. In the ring, I would say it was somewhere in the middle. Marina was as dominant as she needed to be, and she should have been. She killed Sky Blue. But when you keep cutting to the baddies, and then the big thing is, and this is saying that I kind of talked about earlier, but I don't think I explained it well. But hopefully after seeing it, it makes more sense. You, you need to, like, find her couple things, and this, is not a, this isn't a criticism of Marina. This is just wrestling in general. With this kind of character, if she's going to be as just like neutral as she is, where she's just not going to emote at all, she's like a straight killer, you've got to find her stuff that looks like impactful. You know? Like you can't just have her kind of slowly, not slowly, it's not fair, but it was just kind of blunt and flat, you know? You've got to pick out a couple things that look explosive that make people go, holy shit. I don't think there was enough for that here. Um, and that's not on Marina. That's just, I think it could have been agent entire. I said, you know, it was kind of something that I was weary of earlier. Um, and I thought that was a thing here. I think they could have done a better job on that front. It was as dominant as it needed to be. I would just say this again, because I, like, this is a whole thing. Oh, look, folks, if you don't care that this is the only women's match on tonight's show, that's fine. Please, we got we got to stop with the just, just absolutely attacking people for being upset about it. I, I completely get it. And I think we can all understand it. So was this where it needed to be? Yes. Do I get why people are frustrated? Absolutely, I do. I'm not I'm not here to tell people they're wrong about it. I think there's, there's a lot to be said for it. So that's just me. Um, I like Marina. I have my worries about her match for Jade. The red Kiera Hogan dynamic was interesting. Hopefully we get some update on that. Hopefully we get an idea who the babyface and heel is in this Jade thing. So on and so forth. Um, yeah, the crowd stuff with women is really tough. And I don't think you can, in good faith, just purely point. Purely point to, you know, the talent pool not being where you want it to be. Like, nah, man. Like, it's, it's clearly a creative fear. I know you're not saying that. Don't have it out. I'm just saying there's just any focus, you know. Um, okay. They seemingly set up Hook and Tony Nice for the coming weeks or months, wherever it may be. Hook is making his Dynamite debut next week. They did some Dan House and Shanigans. I will not put those over in fear of chat attack on this late night here where I try to stay awake and alive. But I actually like it, so I'll leave it at that. Men of the Year promo with Dan Lambert. Um... They're doing the semi match that we kind of dismissed about six hours ago for Battle of the Bells, which is fine. I'm sure the match would be good. It's just, you know, it's obviously not got as much juice, as much hype as you would like for a range of reasons we all know. I think what I will say is I think this needs to be a big one for Scorpio, man. Like, look, the uh, it's, it's very simple. Sammy's reigns as TNT champ were divisive as a character, and there was a lot of discussion about his usage and the feuds and all this stuff. Fair. We all used to agree, though, that when it came to the matches, whether his style was your preference or not, that he would generally rock the building. Like He would always go out there and you know, try and steal the show. Well, I think it has to be said that Scorpio here in his first defense, unless I'm forgetting something because he doesn't do the open challenge. He needs this to do that. And I think Sammy's a good opponent for that. Unfortunately, there's a lot of other factors at play with Sammy right now. So hopefully, um, hopefully they absolutely have to go there and have a great match and they can, even if only momentarily, make us forget about some of the television that's built to this thing because it has been rough, but we shall see. Okay. 
Oh, yeah, the Wardlow. Man. I'm sorry, guys. Thank you. There you go. Um, okay. Team Taz, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks versus Swerve and Keith Lee. Ricky's reaction was a really cool moment. Um, he was pretty visibly, you know, emotional about the whole thing. And that's, you know, God bless Ricky. I think we all love Ricky Starks. I was very happy for him here. Jim Ross had many grins during this one. He got actively mad at Keith Lee taking so long to take his vest off, which rules. My big thing here, though, honestly, was just how great of a team Swerve and Keith were. They had, like, real tandem offense, and they'd clearly put thought into it. It was fucking awesome. Swerve did a moonsault off Keith Lee's chest. That rules. <laughs> they were incredible here, man. Um, they had, so there was the pound spot, too. Like, they just was great. I obviously, man, I love Hobbs and Ricky. They wrestle more as two individuals, which is fine, because that's what they are, you know? But it still popped me that they... That, the uh, Swerve and Keith, you know, it was kind of a, felt like a team. Uh, when Taz came out, I was kind of like Swerve alert. I was like, oh, shit, they're going to do a turn or something, which is peak wrestling, like Warped Brain. But um, that was not the case. There was a distraction. Taz fucked with Keith, and then there's a big spine buster for the pin. I love, um, I love Hobbs getting the pin on Keith. Hobbs is more than big enough deal to give him that that kind of feat. They gave him the visual pin um, in their Rampage match a couple weeks ago. Here he got the actual pin. Now you can do another match and have Keith win in fact. And it, does, it feels like you've given Hobbs some. And this is something we talked about a while back. You can do programs between two acts that you want to protect and push. You know, it isn't a, a complete death warrant to just have guys lose in the end. The feud can help them. I think objectively this feud has helped all involved. I really do. Now with Keith, it's like, well, he was new anyway. Swerve is different because I think Swerve's the kind of act you need to put into something. Keith can wrestle squash matches for a year and be all pop. Swerve's different. Um, but Team Taz, I think this is like as relevant on the show as they've been since they were feuding with like fucking Sting and Derby, you know, a year ago. So I think the whole thing's going to hear, I think it's something to be learned from, from a booking perspective. I would also say this too. I absolutely want to see Swerve and Keith as a, te as a as singles wrestlers because they've both got so much to offer. But if we can get this as like a thing they go back to every once in a while, God bless, because it absolutely rules. Um, yeah, this match was tremendous. Crowd was red hot. Okay, a couple of announcements here. Okay, while I tend to my cold, Chat, do me a favor. Leave the uh, leave for me in the chat there what match you're most looking forward to in the next seven days of Fleet. They announced a whole lot. Some of them were hilarious. Some of them were actually exciting. Drop that in the chat. In the meantime, I was going to play the countdown, but the countdown sucks now. I want some like some audio, you know. Uh, oh fuck it, let's do the countdown. Match you're most looking forward to over the next seven days. I need to. Here over the next 30 seconds. See you on the other side. That thing sucks, bro. Get that shit out of here. What horse shit? Who asked for that to be changed? Pieces of shit. Okay, we've got Hangman Cole, Andrade Derby, Wardlow Butcher. Oh my God. All right. Yes, yeah, disgusting, man. New countdown is disgraceful. Um, Gresham versus Dalton Castle is like absolutely incredible. Like, I popped here. Like, I don't really care to see it. I'm not like, I mean, Dalton's fine. I, I'm not like, I think at this point, you know, he is what he is. I'm sure he'll be motivated to go out there and rock it on, on Friday or Saturday for us watching. But, um, yeah. I can't believe that's where they went with Grish. 
<laughs> like I kind of assumed they would do like a, a cool AEW match. I kind of thought we were getting Gresham. I think I said it earlier on the show. It's just a weird matchup. I get it. But it's just it kind of threw me off. Um, hopefully Dalton can kind of roll back the ears a little bit and, and uh, you know, they have a good match. But it's just when I'm thinking of guys to showcase who Gresham is as a wrestler, my immediate reaction is not Dalton Castle. But he's a former champ, so I get it. Crokey Boy is sending a super grin. Um, says, here's some, <laughs> here's some money for Limsit Max. Hope you feel better soon. My God, thanks, pal. Appreciate the super grin. Um, Tope Suicida is just getting home. He says, how was the show? Absolutely sucked, Tope. Um, I just give Joe and Suzuki a quarter star. So, yeah, bad show, bro. Okay. PW Insider says Pat Buck, who retired after Mania, is now with AEW. My God. I don't know who they Oh, he used to be on, he used to do business with Ryback. They had a big falling out. Scoop. It wasn't a scoop. It was very public. I'm just messing, Tobey. Show ruled. Um... Gonna be very interesting how Gresham is portrayed on AEW TV. So agreed. Because uh like what's weird about that is is to make Gresham click as an act and as an attraction, you kind of need to frame him as like one of the world's like premier wrestlers, right? So the key will be doing that in a way that doesn't make the audience naturally just ask, so when is he going to wrestle the AEW guys? <laughs> so you need to kind of, like, they're going to, they're going to use the word technical an awful lot, which is fine and logical. But yeah, it'll be really interesting. Um, Impact has been a fun case study in that sense. I think Gresham has really struggled, quite frankly, as a character on that show. He did an in-ring promo last week, I think it was, I think maybe two weeks ago. They edited the shit out of it, man. It was... Um, it was it was not great. He just I think he overthinks the character stuff sometimes with the pure shit. Like I actually think Gresham can be a fine promo. I think he's good in pre-tapes. Um I just think when he gets like a live mic, he sometimes thinks content and thinks ideas, and it's like, bro, do you need just sometimes you need to have some energy in your delivery, you know? Um yeah, that's that, that's just a, a few things. But in ring, I think he's adjusted really well on impact. So I'm pretty confident he'll do good in service. This is a good point by Demon Grin, and I agree. But I should explain this better. Um, stylistically, in ring, I agree with you. This is a good choice. However, what I should have said was that um, character-wise, I think it could be an interesting choice because. Anyone that's never seen either guy, I think immediately look in Dalton's direction. Because, I mean, look at his presentation, right? By contrast, Gresh's thing is that he's a pure wrestler. You know, you get what you get, I suppose. Yeah, Pat Buck is the creator pro guy, yeah. Gresh and pre would probably be smart. What do we... Uh... So Battle of the Belts is... Is... Um... Is Nyla and Thunder? It is Gresh and and uh, Dalton, and it is Sammy and Scorpio. Chat, I'm intrigued. How excited are you out of ten for Battle of the Belts? A really strange trend here, and just event to it. Feels like we already kind of have a really good idea of what this is going to be. Um, what do we think, guys? This is a good point. Very good point. I'm intrigued. How excited are we? We've got some fives. We've got a three. We've got a six. Seven. Uh, the matches are Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose, Scorpio, Sky and Sammy Guevara, John Gresham, Dalton Castle. Four, six, seven. Yeah, it seems like there's kind of a 
the middle, the middle range, seven being the highest. Yeah, I get it. I, I think what makes it really difficult is that it's following like big time TVs. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I wish they weren't this way, but I can't. I, I kind of feel like with if it kind of feels to me like Tony's going to just book the, the week as a big deal because it feels like there's some sort of issue with that battle of belts that he's not particularly into. I don't know. Maybe I'm just overthinking it, but um, that's just me. I don't disagree. I'm, I'd say I'm in that, that kind of four or five range personally. Other announcements, Ruby is back on TV. She's recently on Rampage. I mean, it's Robin Renegade, right? So um, good to see Ruby back. There was a pre-tote of Nyla and Thunder Rose that Nyla saved because she's actually like just incredibly funny and endearing and should be a baby face, as we've all said a million and one times. But like in terms of what they're actually trying to do here, I thought it was an incredible choice. I must say, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I this feud's not been very good, sadly. I mean, again, uh, this this was saved by the fact that Nyla is just awesome. But doing this for your big big title program, like it's tough. Hopefully, the crowd's into it. I agree with this that hopefully whatever happens in terms of the execution of the finish, hopefully Nyla gets rid of Vicky and we can move on to the role she should have been filling a long time ago. Um, and honestly, even if she's not going to do that and be a baby face, just have her just just have her get rid of Vicky because it's just it doesn't help her her presentation at all. It's all very slapdash and, and lazy. It's a shame. Um, okay. We have, I think so. The other thing, and by the way, chat, you should be ashamed of yourself. All be ashamed of yourself. Because none of you, when I asked for the match you're most excited for, mentioned the fact that the van, the the artist formerly known as, as Vanessa Bourne, He's on Dynamite next week. My God. Did anyone even at me about that? Did I imagine that? Please tell me I did not imagine that. I may have. I've imagined many things over the last two days. Apparently, I even watched Raw at some point. But I am almost certain. Almost certain. That the van is on Dynamite next week. Folks, I did not imagine this. Well, Jason's lashing out now. Jason, you should always better remember what Vanessa Bourne looks like. The masses remember. She's the vision. Um, bro, I watched Raw, I watched NXT. I, I was bedridden, very bad. Apparently, she's wrestling Britt Baker. So I'd just like to say um, that... It's been great, you know, to see Britt Baker at the top of the card for as long as she has been. But all good things come to an end. A real television star has arrived. Good luck. Okay. I'm sure that match will be great. Tony Khan is going to do a massive announcement. Chat, what is the massive announcement? And why is it buying the National Wrestling? I'm just kidding. What do you think the actual announcement is? I have no idea, by the way. So, go for it. What do we think? Major announcement from Tony Khan next week. It's hilarious he's actually doing this again, by the way. Very Dixie. Very, very, very Dixie. But, you know, you get what you get, I suppose. TV-related. Tony has purchased Late Night Grim. Why, I'm feeling he fucking auto. Um, RHTV. Or YouTube show. Uh, Cesaro. All in two featuring New Japan. I think it could be all in two. Yeah, it feels like the streaming deal is the favourite, right? I would agree. Hmm. 
It's interesting because like some of the stuff's always really hard to guess in terms of like what which of these announcements would be like a like a press release rather than like a television the kind of thing you'd put like what I mean is like if they're on HBO Max moving forward, that rules, but like I don't know if I'd announce that as like a television segment. <laughs> You know, if it was like that's the kind of thing you just would do a big press push for, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, yeah, Sean's report on the video game was nuts, right? September? That that's honestly shocked me. And I know Sean said it's just it's just like it's not not locked in. It's just kind of the internal hope goal. Um, that's wild to me, September. It definitely could be RHTV, Jason. I think that honestly is what makes me think it's HBO Max because um, I think then it has like more kind of, it has more of a hook as an announcement because it's like our archives are on HBO Max as well as original content from Ring of Honor. Now, to be clear, obviously you would push the hell out of it on TV. I just mean like, Annou- announcing announcement makes people think of like wrestling related, like a debut or, you know, do you know what I'm saying? It's just different. But either way, gives us something to talk about for the next week, so that's great. It's at least one hour of the late night ground I have to prepare for because I'm famous for preparing for that show. And, yeah, we closed out the main event, which we've already talked about. We had to leave with that because the chat was still reeling which was hilarious. Um, Satnam Singh, brothers. This was the night he arrived. The business changed forever. In all seriousness, a great, great episode of Dynamite. One of their best ever in terms of the in-ring performances and the in-ring product. The angle at the end was bad, but, like, funny. So, whatever. It wasn't like, you know, it didn't offend me or anything. I just popped. Um, Chat. Out of ten. AEW Dynamite, April 13th edition. What do we think? I would give it, I would say I would give it honestly. I'll give it a nine. Post-match, plus um, the Marina stuff was flat. Other than that, I thought it was just about perfect, quite frankly. I'll give it a nine. And I think that's one of the higher grades I've given because... I famously give everything just seven. Well, I'm a high man on this. There's some nines in there. There's mostly some like eights and lots of points, lots of decimals involved. 8.5 would have been a nine if not for the post match. That's probably fair. Yeah, that's fair. Looks like eight is kind of the, the, the general consensus. Okay, folks, this has been fun. I'm sorry that I was not uh, in tip-top condition. We'll be back tomorrow. Oracle is doing a double shot tomorrow. It is Oracle Thursday. I think someone deemed it on Twitter, which is funny. At 6 p.m. Eastern time, he and Jay Shell are doing the premiere of the Divas Deep Dive, in which they go through the history of the Divas division, which is wild. Um... And then at 8 p.m. Eastern time, we're doing the historical oracle covering March 1996, which includes WrestleMania, which includes Uncensored, which is, yes, the match, the 400-man alliance to end Hulkamania cage match of doom, which is incredible. Jeremy Lambert's favorite match ever. Oracle and I are covering all of that. Um, Tomorrow, after the Divas Deep Dive, Friday, Late Night Grin, at latenightgrin.com where you can sign up for just $1 um, and get everything because there's no tears, so on and so forth. You know the deal by now. Appreciate you all joining me. Um, Hopefully I'm not having to pause to blow my nose and cough and shit tomorrow. Hope it didn't sound too bad. But in the meantime, we send you to the always uh, fabulous Bobby O'Neill. Enjoy this outro, folks. Thanks for joining me.